Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Buckle up, folks, because it's time for our first listener mailbag here at Locked On Golden Gophers. No matter what happens, no matter what we're going to do here, we're just going to keep rowing. Uh, whatever turns out, however it turns out, we're just going to keep rowing. And then when it does turn out, good or bad, we're just going to keep rowing, keep rowing, and keep rowing. Welcome in, welcome to the Locked On Golden Gophers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Kane Robb. I am the host of the podcast. I'm a former collegiate video coordinator and recruiting assistant. I am so excited to be here recording this for you all today. You can follow me on Twitter at 4KaneRobVideo, the number 4KaneRobVideo, and follow the podcast at LO Golden Gophers. Send any questions, any comments, any thoughts, anything you liked, anything you're hoping that we can improve on or fix for future shows. Send that to the podcast Twitter. I will be sure to take it into account. And be sure to follow the podcast wherever you stream your podcasts, whether that be Apple Pods, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, you name it. Go follow the podcast, subscribe, like it, and leave a five-star review. We're going to get this on all Gophers fans' wavelengths, and we're going to get this show on and poppin'. Today's mailbag episode is lighter, but we have fans that sent in questions, and that's what we like to hear. But by the time we hit this point next month, the mailbag questions are going to be flowing in like crazy. Tell your friends about the podcast. Tell your coworkers. Friends, fiance, wife, kids, boss, you name it. If they're Gophers fans, introduce them to the podcast and let's get this thing rolling. So today we're going to jump into the mailbag. We have a handful of questions that I'm excited to get answered for you all. Next week is when we are going to be kicking off video with this podcast. So if you prefer YouTube, fret not. We have that popping off next week. I'm excited to get it going. I'm excited for all of the brand new things that we are going to be doing here at Lockdown Golden Gophers. I plan on bringing guests on this show that love the Gophers. I plan on bringing players on this show that play for the Gophers. And hopefully we can maybe eventually get some coaches, some athletic directors, and scouts on this show. So you're if you're just now tuning in, Stay in it for the long haul because this ride is just getting started. Let's dive into the mailbag, the first mailbag. And our first question comes to us from at Norwegian Gopher on Twitter. And that question is, how can Minnesota become an NIL destination so they can keep players home, i.e. Bucky Irving, and attract recruits and transfer prospects like some of the big name schools. First off, great question, but honestly, this is tough to answer because I think there will be some tweaks to the NIL format, especially as we learn more from it as it's still in its inception years. 
I mean, even just yesterday, it was reported that head coach of Alabama, Nick Saban, was saying the current college football model is unsustainable with the transfer portal rules as they currently stand and the NIL making a situation where you can basically buy players. And he's not wrong. But if we're sticking to the current rules as they are, um, I think that this market itself is one that could reap a lot of benefits from. It's it's a growing market here in Minneapolis, but we have major Fortune 500 companies headquartered here in the state of Minnesota. So, I mean, it's a major market that could reap a lot of benefits. I mean, we have companies like Target, United Health Group, Best Buy, 3M, U.S. Bank, and General Mills all headquartered here in Minnesota. So I think the opportunity could be there. It just takes someone to kind of lead that charge and lead that effort because it's not something that we've ever done here at the University of Minnesota. The under the money or under the table money stuff that used to happen back in the days, I don't think that was very prevalent in Minnesota. Now, I'm not going to say it never happened because I wasn't there and I can't rule that out for certain, but I don't think it was super prevalent here. So, I mean, we need someone to take charge now that it is allowed and it's something that isn't shady or under the table. But we need someone to get the wheel moving. We need someone to get it going. And I believe there are um, a group of like boosters, fans, and people of the like that are trying to organize a way to help go for athletes by establishing an NIL presence. Uh, Ryan Burns at 247 and Luke Burr mentioned in a podcast I had listened to that there is a Discord started on thoughts and ideas of how to get the ball rolling. So it's something to actively be on the lookout for as we move forward. Our next question is going to be from at Boatwagon1 on Twitter. And they ask, given the transfer happy portal we are in, is there any risk of Ethan Kayakmanis transfer portaling if it was clear that Tanner is the quarterback one after spring game. All right, I'm going to be honest with you. I think that you don't have to worry too much about this one. I mean, granted, people probably weren't worried about Bucky transferring either, but this one I am a lot more kind of calm about. I think the expectation from all is that Tanner will be the quarterback even ahead of the spring season. That was kind of the idea. I think everybody on the roster understood that. Coaches understood that. And that's simply because a fifth-year guy doesn't come back for that sixth year without some assurance to know that the job is his. It's not really a competition. I mean, yes, you can say you're always competing for your spot and the best player is going to play, but he's been heavily steeped in this system and it was a system that he saw his most success from throughout his entire career in those six years so I think we all knew that he was going to be the starter Ethan included and with Ethan I think though he's a highly rated quarterback especially compared to what we are used to as gopher fans he still needs development as far as the mental side of the game goes And I think that that goes twice as much when you bring in the fact that we have a new offensive coordinator that he hasn't worked with directly. 
So I'm not too worried, but I will be curious to see where he stands on the depth chart, especially during that spring game. Is he playing on the opposite team across from Tanner, starting, aka our backup, or is he lower on the depth chart? I'm hoping that we get to see him on that opposite team, really showing off the skills and the talent and getting Gopher fans excited for the future. Uh, One thing on this transfer portal note as well, just something to know, is that the deadline for transferring for fall and winter sports and to still be able to immediately eligible to play is actually May 1st. So the fact that our spring game is on April 30th is majorly beneficial to us about not having to worry too much about players transferring after our game because it's the day after. And if I recall correctly... That day after, you have to be officially committed to your new team by this date. So it's not like someone could just enter the transfer portal on the day after immediately and we'd be screwed. I think that you have to basically know where you are going in order to be immediately eligible. And that's what that deadline establishes. Now, that second part I could be wrong on, but I'm fairly certain that is the case. Hence why Bucky entered so early in order to give himself the opportunity to find his new team in his new home and get committed prior to that May 1 deadline. And in my opinion, the Gophers placing their spring game the day before that was very smart of them, especially trying to prevent transfers from happening, hopefully, that they would get through all of spring camp and then at that point it'd kind of be too late to transfer. So it was an Valiant effort, uh, but we still lost Bucky early, but I don't think we have to worry too much about Ethan Kayak Manis on that front. All right, coming up next, we have more questions in the mailbag, but first, a word from our next partner. Our next partner has a product that I just got started with, and honestly, I am so happy that I did, and that product is Athletic Greens. I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted better gut health and more energy, and I hated taking vitamins and pills. I just wanted a supplement that actually tasted great, and I wanted to see what the hype was about. So what is this stuff, you might ask? Well, with one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. Now, I got started with Athletic Greens because I have a wedding coming up. I wanted to get in better health. I wanted especially to fix the gut health because things were not feeling right from eating too much fast food. We're getting it back on track. We're eating more veggies. We're eating a better lifestyle, and we're adding Athletic Greens to that lifestyle. What I do is I take one scoop Every morning after I wake up, then I go to the gym, get my workout in, come back home, shower, go to work, and then I come and podcast. So not only am I doing it for the gut health, but honestly for the energy portion as well because I need it to get through my day. But in my opinion, the best part about Athletic Greens is that it's lifestyle friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, This product is made for you. They have created this for all people in mind. But don't just take my word for it. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. 
It's even recommended by professional athletes. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash college. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash college to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Welcome back into the Locked On Golden Gophers podcast, and thank you so much for choosing to listen to the Locked On Golden Gophers podcast as one of your first listens of the day. My name's Kane Robb, and we're going to jump right back into the mailbag with the next question coming from at JPS, the Viking CPT on Twitter. They ask, what do you think the odds are with this year's schedule and players returning to win the Big Ten Championship or at least get there in 2022. Now, me personally, I think the odds are relatively high. I put it at maybe, I'd say 70% chance. I know that's high, but you know, 75 if you're feeling dangerous. I think, honestly, the first thing you got to do to be able to even be considered in the Big Ten championship game is win the Big Ten West. Now, when I say 70 to 75% chance, that's not saying to win the whole thing. That's saying just to get there. Once you actually get there, it's a toss-up or the odds might not be in our favor because I believe the East Division next year is going to be more difficult than our division. So looking at the West Division, our top opponents or our top competition in that division are the Badgers and the Hawkeyes. The Badgers, they take on Washington State next year, which I don't think is going to be a pushover game, especially with new transfer quarterback Cam Ward joining the team. I think he'll give them a fight in the show, especially being the second game of the season. Then, the Wisconsin Badgers later that month take on Ohio State, which is going to be a tough win. And then they also have Michigan State, like we do. So... I think those games are tough, and then, of course, they've got us, and they've got Iowa. So I think they have more losable games on their schedule than we do. Now, if you look at the Hawkeyes' schedule, the Hawkeyes have an even harder schedule than the Badgers. They take on Iowa State this year, which Iowa State lost Brees Hall and Brock Purdy, so they might not be what they have been in the past, but that coach is fantastic, and I mean... I think he'll at least give them, again, a fighting chance in the first two weeks of the season. But the Hawkeyes also have to take on both Michigan and Ohio State on top of playing us, Wisconsin, and Purdue in this next season. So I think the Hawkeyes have a more difficult task of winning the division. I think it's literally going to come down to us and the Badgers. And I think that final game of the season, playing against the Badgers next season, I think that's going to be big time. That might be to determine who goes to the Big Ten Championship. That's going to be a fun one, but it could be a heartbreaking one if we don't pull it out. So I would prep for that. But honestly, I think our chances are high. We have a strong roster across the board. And I think the biggest part for us of finding success 
is going to be we have to put it all together fast. And this means we have to have full, confident health from our injury-laden players from last year. If we can put it all together fast and play at the level that we know we can play at and that we've seen this team play at both last year and in 2019, put it together fast and beat Michigan State at their stadium on September 24th, then I think we're going to be rolling because we don't play too many difficult teams until we hit Penn State October 22nd, and they can always be a toss-up depending on which Penn State team shows up. And then we have Iowa and Wisconsin to close the season. So honestly, I think there are four teams that I am afraid of as far as it's a toss-up when it comes to playing competitive ball. But I think of those four teams, we could walk away with two to three wins confidently. And if we put our foot on the gas and leave it all on the field, I think we could take all four of those games. I know it's any given Saturday at the collegiate football level, but the Gophers team is one that will contend next year. Book it. Jumping back into the mailbag, our next question comes from Matt Lottie on Twitter. He asks, what do you think is the weakest position for us on the football team this year? And honestly, this is a tough one for me to answer because I think we do have a strong roster across the board, as I was just saying. And as I said, I think we can win 10 plus games this season. But if I'm starting to dive into weaknesses, I think quarterback Tanner could be a strength being back with Kirk Soroka, but he could be a weakness depending on which Tanner Morgan we get. And the depth behind him, if he is to go down, is all relatively young players. So honestly, quarterback could be our weakest position depending on which Tanner Morgan shows up. I think we're stacked at running back. I think when they're all healthy, of course. I think that we are good at receiver. I think we have solid pieces in Dalen Wright, Daniel Jackson, and Chris Ottman-Bell. I think all three of those guys are quality receivers, and Michael Brown-Stevens can hold his own as well. I think Brevin Spanford is a great tight end, and I think that we don't use him enough, or we haven't, and I think we could this next year. I think our O-line is underrated, but if I didn't pick the quarterback position, at least on the offensive side of the ball, I would say the O-line. That being said, we've already dived into this in earlier episodes of these past couple weeks, but we have a Michigan transfer coming in, a Notre Dame transfer coming in, plus we've got our All-Big Ten center returning. We have Ariante Erzuri, who is going to probably step up into one of the tackle roles as a starter, and he was being hyped up and touted by both P.J. Fleck and Daniel Falalele. P.J. Fleck even said he might be one of the most talented, if not the most talented, tackle offensive line player that he's had at the program in his time here so I think that's promising and then we have other young guys to stand step up at the offensive line position there are a handful of guys that have played due to the COVID season and other players being injured or um, out due to COVID restrictions and whatnot so I think that the O-line is underrated, but if you're not going to say the quarterback position, then I would have to say the O-line on the offensive side of the ball. Flipping it over to the defense, I think our D-line is actually extremely strong. I think Trill Carter is going to be a major piece for us returning this year. I think Thomas Rush is going to be an awesome edge rusher for us. I think Lorenz Sergers, 
coming in from the transfer portal is going to be big time. I think Darnell Jeffries is going to be a big transfer piece for us. I think Devin Eastern is going to get some looks this year, and I am more than excited to see that guy play football. On top of, we have two four-star recruits coming in at the D-line position. So I think that position is going to be a strength for us for years to come, and I am excited about the D-line. DBs, uh, I think we're going to be okay. Terrell Smith can hold his own. Wally is my guy. I think he's going to be... I think he's going to take the next step this year. I'm excited to see him. And uh, you got Tyler Newbin as a DB. He's a captain, and he is more than capable enough of putting on a show out there on the defensive side of ball. Honestly, if I had to say on the defensive side of ball, it would probably be the linebacker position. I mean, we have um, Mariano coming back, and he's going to be a stud, as he has been the past two seasons. But outside of Mariano, I don't think that we have a lot of experience on the linebacker core. We have uh, Braden Oliver, but he's played sparingly. I mean, yes, he started a decent chunk of games, but I think that being the full-time starter locked in is going to be a new experience for him. And then besides those two, I mean, a lot of the roster at the linebacker position is pretty fresh or coming back from injury and doesn't have a lot of playing time. So I'd say either the linebacker position or the quarterback. And I don't want to say the quarterback because I do believe Tanner Morgan can do good things this year. And I also think Ethan Kayak Manis is the future at quarterback. And I think he's going to be a stud in the future. So I'm going to lock it in. Linebacker is the position that I would say is the weakest position on our roster this year, but still mad respect to the linebackers, especially Mariano, Sori Marin. That guy's a baller. Now I've got one more mailbag question for you today, but before we do that, we're going to talk about our friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports information. Want the latest numbers on the NFL draft in the first round? Check out Bet Online. I am looking at it right now, and the over/under for cornerbacks in the first drafted in the first round is four and a half. On top of that, offensive linemen in the first round is seven and a half. So if you think there's going to be more than seven offensive linemen taken in the NFL draft, then that is the bet for you. Not only that, but they have numbers for the first overall draft pick. The first O-line selected, the first cornerback selected, the first quarterback selected. Who do you think is going to be the first quarterback? If you think it's Kenny Pickett, he's at plus 130 right now. If you think the talk of Desmond Ritter over the last few weeks is raising and that he is legitimately going to be the first quarterback, he has plus 1,200 odds right now. So head on over to Bet Online. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sport wagering information from live betting to playoffs esports, the draft, and more. Bet online where the game starts. All right, we're going to close the show with this last mailbag question, which is from Norwegian Gopher on Twitter. And he says, thoughts on Soroka using more play action involving tight end Brevin Span Ford. First of all, Norwegian Gopher, I want to show you much love because if you didn't know, Brevin Spanford is my guy. That's the guy I'm pulling for on the Gophers, probably more than anybody else on there. And that is because he is a good family friend. I mean, his father is my godfather. 
So that's kind of a fun fact for you. But on top of that, I think all bias removed after telling you that information, I think it is needed. I think it is 100% needed that they need to involve Brevin Span forward more. And I'm not just saying that because I'm on the podcast now. You can go check my old tweets. I've been tweeting about this for probably the past two seasons. It's needed, and it doesn't necessarily need to be by play action, but Brevin needs to be incorporated more because he is a matchup nightmare. I mean, honestly, regardless of a breakout year for Span Ford, he will likely get some NFL looks off of his size and build alone, not to mention that he has great hands and he can track the ball. I mean, if you go back and look, George Kittle was 6'4", 247, and never had above 315 receiving yards. And his he only scored his upperclassman seasons with six t- touchdowns in one season and four touchdowns in the other. Brevin is 6'7", 270, and that 270 is good weight. It's not thick boy weight. It's not pudgy weight. That is good weight. He is an athletic freak. I mean, PJ Fleck has talked about incorporating Span Ford and incorporating him more both the past season and possibly even the past two seasons, and it has yet to happen. I'm not sure why. I know there have been some dings along the way. He's gotten hurt here and there. But in the shortened field, when in the red zone, especially in the score zone, when we're 10 yards away or closer, they need to target him more. Safeties can't match up with him because of his size, and he can just bully them and jump over the top and basically a one-on-one ball, he's coming down with that. And linebackers can't match up with his speed. So we need to get him involved more, as you are hoping. I truly hope it will happen. Kirk Soroka is a smart offensive coordinator, and honestly, I think he sees that Span Ford is going to be one of the better targets on this team. So I do think he will be involved more. I'm not sure if it will be on the play action or not. Probably a bit with the prominence of our run game. But I'm excited. It needs to happen. I'm with you. And that's going to do it for us today on the Locked On Golden Gophers podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts and leave a five-star review. Tell your fellow Gopher fans about this podcast. Tag your fellow Gopher fans on Twitter, on our podcasts. Make sure they're getting the information. Make sure they're tuning in. This is Kane Rob. I am so excited to get this podcast going with you all. I'm excited to close off this first mailbag, and we're going to keep this thing rolling. So thank you for tuning in. This is the show where we always continue to row. Tune in tomorrow where we will do our next NFL Draft Prospect Profile on Daniel Fa'alele. We'll also talk some basketball transfer options, including the Dawson Garcia news breaking. I'll see you then. Have a good one.